G'day and welcome to Gbra, or as it's known today, Gbruf. We are officially the good, the bad, the rugby Fiji. Um, we've <laughs> made a change. I don't know if I told the boys, um, but uh, this is what's happening now. It's about time we jumped off and uh, chose our next teams. Um, if you haven't seen us before, it's uh, one current wannabe, three ex wallabies. We have a bit of a chat. Uh, Gits and and Drew have already made their way over to France. They went um, a couple of weeks ago. It's just me and Swoop, D R G that are left. Swoop, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, but we head off on Saturday. Saturday, well, I'm excited by that. Me too. I'm hey. pumped. Um, so let's cross to those boys right now. I think they're in the same hotel room. Um, are you there, Goit and Biv? Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're good. We've got my voice back. Everything's good. Um, just so we know, how long was the embrace between you two when Goit arrived? Um, and were there many tears? Uh, look, it was a long embrace. Um, we was sort of one of those ones from a movie where we just sort of saw each other from a distance and we started running. It was almost like it was in slow-mo, but, um, and then we jumped and we just hugged and we just kept hugging and then people were looking and we just kept hugging some more. Um, yeah, it was nice, but, uh, you know, it wasn't just the one hug. We hug each night. So, you know, it's nice. It's beautiful. I'm glad that you guys are looking after each other. Now, for those of you that have watched all these shows, we are sponsored by Harvey Norman, and we always give them thanks right at the top of the show. So let me say this. Uh, we're proudly brought to you by our good friends at Harvey Norman, a respectable family favorite and successful enterprise business. Now, uh, all four rounds of the pool matches are done. As we saw, the Aussies, they managed to beat Portugal. But... There is one more week of round matches to go, and we still have a slight, slight glimmer of hope, and it all hinges on the mighty Fiji. So we thought we would concentrate on that a little bit today. So we have a very, very special guest joining us, um, a large man, let me say that. And when he walked in, I was, oh, Jesus, he's big. Swoop. Nams. Nams. Namani Nadolo, welcome into the studio. Bula, boys. Thanks for Bula. 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 Uh, hey, Fiji. Unbelievable. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, they're uh, really proud of what they're doing. And I think um, they had to get rid of some of us guys and then they started winning. So <laughs> it's always the case in my career. <laughs> you leave a club and they start winning things. <laughs> Jesus. How did it, how, how has it happened? How have you guys gone from, I mean, if you can sum it up in a couple of sentences, from being world beaters at sevens to all of a sudden knowing how to play this 15-man game? I think just having that professional team on the island. You know, a lot of guys... In the past, we'd go to France or um, England, and the fact that they've got Drua um, and a pathway there, it's it's really helped. And I think second year now in Super Rugby, and they've been you know churning out some good um, results. You know, you're playing, beating the Crusaders, and uh, amongst others, and it just shows you know in this World Cup. And for me, I'm not I'm, I'm not surprised of how they've they've gone, but um, kind of am surprised of how quick it's you know they're they're knocking off these big these big teams. You got a question, Swift? Yeah, I was going to say, how many of the on that? How many of the draw boys are at currently in the Fiji team? Like, how do, I think about ten, ten plus. Don't don't quote me on that, but there, there's a lot of them. Um, and again, so the last World Cup, well, World Cups in the past, you'd have like six, seven amateur guys who were policemen or farmers that were in the World Cup squad. Whereas now, it's you know one to thirty. They're all earning. Um, you know, um, earning a living playing the game. So that's a massive difference from, you know, past World Cups. 
Now, we are going to get into Fiji versus Georgia. Yeah. Because, Nems, when you came in, you thought they were a little lucky to get away with that one, the Fijians? Yeah. I was, uh, it was a nervous sort of few hours. I was about half a bowl deep of uh, Carver, and then <laughs> it was 9-0 at half time. So, um, yeah, it was – look, Georgia – um, they came out to play. And, and I think people for, keep forgetting that Georgia are a, are a decent team. You know, we play them in as emerging nations and um, outside of the World Cup cycle. So to see them, you know, we, we, we were – there's one game we are worried about was, was Georgia and it lived up to it. And, um, look, went for the last 80. If it wasn't for that kick, we could be uh, – could be a different story today. Why do you reckon it was so tight, like, in the end? Was it just a matter of – being able to back up those kind of performances off the back of the Wallabies or they just get on the, the carver too much after the yeah, well, last win? The carver, if they were three or four days, I reckon they would have, you know, um, had a bit a bit too much curry and carver. But in saying <laughs> that, the, the, saying that they've played three massive games, you know, and these are big games, England, Wales and the Wallabies. So, you know, for a team that's not used to playing those sort of games back to back to back, mm. it's um, you know it takes its toll. So, thankfully, they won, and then um, you know that's the most important thing. And now we can, you know, move forward to Portugal. But again, last World Cup when Fiji played, you, you know, played Uruguay, lost. You know, still not over yet. You know what I mean? So, um, hopefully, this was sort of a kick in the um, you know or wake up call for the boys to get going. Yeah. Biv and Goit over there in Toulon. Did you guys catch the Fiji-Georgian game? What did you make of it? I just thought that compared to against Australia, where it seemed the Fijians bullied us, like they bullied Australia and they're just physically dominant, they, they couldn't do that same game plan. It was like they tried to apply the exact same game plan against the Georgians, who were physical, big guys. They love that, that style of rugby. Um, and it looked quite wet as well. So it, it just seemed like Fiji were a bit off. But credit to Georgia, I mean, physically, they took it to them. Like, defensively, they were going good. They, I mean, it was actually a pretty pretty quality game. Um, and then there was a moment there. I've always loved the Fijians, but there was a moment there where I maybe started to cheer for Georgia, thinking that we were a chance. Um, <laughs> but then it quickly switched back. You know, I, I love the Fijians. <laughs> Biff? Yeah, and no, I think yeah, I think also, like, um, like Nemzi just touched on, I, I like – you know, we're calling him Nems, and over here I, I order Nems at the Thai restaurants, and they they get they bring me spring rolls. So basically, you're a, a French spring roll, Nemzy. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, but I think with this uh, the Fijian side, which Nems touched on, it's probably the first time really because of what the position they put themselves in, where they can't really afford to rotate their squad too much. They did that against Uruguay in 2019, and it, it worked against them. They they end up losing that game. But they pretty much had to play their, their number one team uh, in each game so far, and that'll even come down to I'm, I'm sure there might be a couple of changes, but for the most part, those the same core group of 23 will have to play against Portugal as well. And we saw Semi Rodradra; he came off with a with what looked to be a calf or a hamstring injury. Uh, Josh Tuasova wasn't moving particularly well; he's sort of starting to tighten up at the back end. You know, there's a couple of really important players for those for the Fijian squad that may have um, question marks. Of course, they're going to have some time to recover and hopefully they they run out there. But that's kind of the toll that it's taking when they're having to play back-to-back big games um, in, in this in this campaign. And, you know, if they get through Portugal, which I think we're all expecting them to do so, then then obviously they've got another a week turnaround to, to the quarterfinals. So um, it, I guess just different elements and different things that they're just going to have to, um, you know, to 
to deal with and and Simon the coach and the coaching staff to kind of to factor into their training week and and uh and their carver intake now Nems I gotta ask you when um Biv a couple of weeks ago he um, yes he went off a touch and we went viral with it he got was it it was the Fijian coach that got in touch with you wasn't it Biv um, yeah, and as far as I understand it, the entire Fijian nation disliked Drew Mitchell. Did you? <laughs> did you feel that? Is that? Um, no, I, I laughed when I saw Drew do it, and when he would say what he said, um, I, I kind of expected him. It looked like he was a bit hungover, but uh, <laughs> mate, that was gold from Drew, and you should have seen well. my phone was going off from like. People back home, they're saying, "Are you friends with this guy? Do you know this guy? <laughs> Tell him not to come to Fiji." And I was like, "No, nah, nah. yeah, good." Uh, I'm actually looking to go summer. No, it was actually. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, even Simon, I think like there was a misinterpretation of yeah. what I meant. What I meant by we should never be losing to Fiji is the resources that we're afforded, the the luxuries that we have, the the depth of. Um, professional talent that we have in Australia that we're, we're uh, able to pick from, all that type of stuff. When we And it was kind of comments off the back of what Simon was saying in his press conference in terms of, you know, like they don't have necessarily the same resources they, they do, but they just get on with it and they just go, they go out there and do it. But it was it was definitely not a condescending remark towards Fiji. Maybe that was sort of how it was um, taken by some people, but it was more about like what we have in Rugby Australia. Like we shouldn't be losing against, countries whether it's fiji or anyone else emerging nations that don't have the same luxuries that we have that was all that was um uh, about and i think once once i had a bit of a twitter exchange with simon he understood and he just you know he, he said himself that it was perhaps him being a little bit overprotective so to fijians i, I apologize i want to come to to the islands in summer please um please welcome me with an open embrace rather than Maybe some fists. <laughs> <laughs> I, Drew, I also think it was some, um, what would you say, uh, clever editing from Hugo, uh, the guy that does our social media, who decided to leave out your explanation and basically just started with you. <laughs> having, yeah, well, Hugo, that's, that's the problem with all you guys that just want to get clicks, right? Like, yeah. you, you just... Yeah, yeah, no one actually listens to the whole episode. They just listen to these little sound bites on, on the socials. <laughs> now... Um, let's talk about an ice cubes chance in hell if we can for a second. Do do we think there is any chance? And this is for the Wallabies fans that are listening. Is there any chance that Fiji go down to Portugal? Don't get any bonus point, and the Wallabies go through. Let's let's go around. Swoop. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. Like I mean, so that's the case, right? Yeah. So Portugal have to get over. Fiji can't get a bonus point. So Portugal Defense- has to beat them by eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they can't get a bonus point yes. of whatsoever. So yeah. It could be eight nil. That's eight right. Nil, that's it. And no then we Wallabies go through. Ah, uh, jeez, I reckon. Yeah, we're low, low, low odds. Very low odds. Point zero one. Mate, yeah, seriously, we're no chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. It won't happen. Like we watched the game yesterday, and like I think you know Portugal's getting better. Um, they put up a good fight against um, yeah our team, but. Even our boys, we went down to 13 men. Uh, we didn't play the most perfect rugby, uh, but we still got a good win, uh, a comprehensive win by 20 points. I just can't see the Fijians, even if the game, even if they lost that game by some miracle, I can't see them not being within a try. Um, I just, I mean, I always hold hope, but personally, after watching the way teams are playing and especially the way the Fijians are preparing, I just think they're going to be too good. 
And they've had a longer break before this game uh, than, than the Portugal team has as well. Mems, any chance? Yeah, I agree with Kitsa. I think as much as, um, you know, the uh, Wallabies fans will, would like the Portuguese to do well, I just think the game against Georgia, um, you know, and how they played and, you know, I think Simon will, will rally these boys up and, you know, because just for the first time ever, Destiny's in, in their hands. So... You know, I think that they're going to come out firing now again. Who do they play? Um, there were talks about resting guys and, you know, putting guys in for this game. But like Drury said, you know, we Fiji have never really, like, haven't changed their team. So if I think if they keep the same team, they should be all right. But again, um, they should win comfortably, like, you know. Has there been any word on Sammy? Like... Any word on Sammy Rurudra there? Like, because he did look like... Maybe he felt his hammy and then, like, he tried to run and ended up walking off. Um, so maybe he definitely could be out for a couple of weeks. Josh, Josh, too, a bit of fatigue kicked in. So, yeah, from inside word that he's you know, he's a bit, um, bit you know, banged up, but which is surprising. He's, he's a big human being, so but yeah, it'd be interesting yeah, to see who they played. Um, uh, so yeah, which players play, and um, but yeah, I don't know, I just can't see Portugal, you know. Probably jinx them here, but I just can't see Portugal um, coming away with it. It's, it's one of those things, just Simon. Like, does he does he rest a few players so that then you know once they get through to the quarterfinal, they're rested and they they're mm. ready to go, or is it about just making sure they get to the quarterfinal and not resting them and then just trying to deal with it once they get to the the quarterfinal? That's the balancing act, and I'd say there's probably going to be a couple of players that 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 maybe have a rest, but um, I don't think you can change like they did against Uruguay in 2019. I think it was like. 11 to 13 changes in that 23 so i don't think we'll see that many but either way i don't i don't think portugal will um will get the chocolate you've got to leave Botir in oh yeah, yeah. he's a beast that, that guy is a machine i remember playing when he was 12 for la rochelle um i used to hate playing him at the time la rochelle weren't too strong but i used to remember this fiji and it was just like granite it's like you're trying to tackle the kitchen bench here he um he's a machine for the wallabies so they obviously have this week off the fifth week of the pool matches, they have to sit and wait to see whether they get to play in the quarters. Will Eddie be flogging them this week or will he be saying, boys, feed up, have a cigar, get yourself yeah. some cheese? What do you reckon? Oh, mate, we're not here for the baguettes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon Goit, he'll be running them around? 100%. You reckon? I don't know if he'll be flogging them, but he'll be keeping them ticking along because if you don't, then... You know, like what? What else are they going to do after this? After this one week of just knuckling down, doing a little bit of training, obviously a bit of team bonding stuff. Potentially, he'd be doing. Uh, but after that, they've got a long break. I, I think. I don't think they're going to go into any game. So, I think they'll just keep ticking along. Um, obviously, fingers crossed that that results go their way. But I don't think they're going to. I don't think he's going to give them time off the holiday and experience Europe and France. And <laughs> now, obviously. Uh, Carter Gordon going down injured pre-match. Uh, gets any truth to the rumour that you did get a phone call from Eddie Jones? Oh, what, about 20 years ago, yes. No, nothing. Nothing over here. Really? I wouldn't have answered Drew. I can't leave him alone. You've seen what happens when he gets, when he's on his own. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> and to answer your question, Prof, yeah, I got a call from him after Jorgensen went, got injured. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, did you want to analyse any Australia-Portugal, 34-14? to 14, um, 
Braden McWright played well. Yeah. First half was good. Um, second, oh, I was a little bit disappointed they didn't put more points on. You know, they created a lot of opportunities, but then the the errors that have been consistent throughout the earlier games and the pool stages crept in, you know, poor line out errors, kicking kicking ball away, um, you know, unnecessarily. So it was just, yeah, I mean, but, you know, a win's a win, so you've got to be happy with that. I think also, um, like, emotionally to get up for that game, like, they would have gone through a fair bit after that Wales performance and, you know, looking down the barrel of being the first team to not make the quarters and, you know, obviously everyone's been um, throwing a bit at them. So, like, to get themselves up and, and get out there and obviously it wasn't the most polished performance, but, um, you know, important to finish the campaign at least on a win and, uh, and, and probably also a number of boys there probably played their last World Cup game, maybe even last test, who knows. But, um, you know, it was good for, for some of those guys to, to go out in the fashion that they did. Um, of course, we would have liked to see more points and it be more polished, but um, I think given the circumstances, they did a pretty good job. Nems, did you take anything away from that game, the Wallabies Portuguese? or? No, I was just happy for them to win. Um, I'm amazed with a few of the boys there. So to, for them to, like Drew said, they've been going through what they're going through, you know, and it's not easy for to be labelled the first team, well, Wallabies team to in history to bow out of the World Cup. So I was just happy for, for I got, like I said, I've got a few mates, so I was just happy for them to get the win and you know, at least they can finish. Well, hopefully they'll, you know, they can finish this tournament on a high. A couple of those mates being Lalakai <coughs> and Izzy Parise, the, the, the new centre-field pairing. Uh, they played pretty well. Well, yeah, teammates. Yeah, teammates. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not talking about my. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about a few other boys, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they're they're good boys. Uh, um, they do send me some memes on Instagram, which is um pretty cool. But no, I was talking about Mark Wanganito. I see Ben Donaldson, so <laughs> yeah, <okay>. a bit awkward. <laughs> very good. Hey, um, can I ask you a couple of questions, Drew? Very quickly, we've got a couple of images just here on the screen. Um, you probably can't sure. see them. One is of a sleeping bag in a hallway. Yeah, and the other. Yeah, that was a good night. Can you tell us about the sleeping bag night? Uh, so I sometimes, well, I mean, every night I go go for a wee, and I was moving around a lot, uh, different Airbnbs and hotels, and sometimes get a bit disorientated. And I, <laughs> the front door and the toilet door were right next to each other, and I got up at night just in a pair of bed shorts and just walked out the door, and I walked out the front door instead of the the toilet door, and I'd lock myself out. <laughs> and so I was in this apartment building, this Airbnb, just in a pair of bed shorts. Uh, just trying to like look at whether I could scale the outside walls, jump balconies, trying to get myself in because there's no way for me to get through the door. Couldn't find anything. Went down to like the communal storage area in this staircase and found a sleeping bag. And I thought, fuck, that's a dream result. So that's I went to sleep find. in the sleeping bag <laughs> Yeah, in, in, in front of my front door. And at about eight in the morning, um, adjacent to my apartment was a doctor's clinic and the doctor came in at eight in the morning. I'm just like wrapped up in a sleeping bag. Um, and he's like, he didn't speak a lick of English and I don't speak French. Oh, it's getting there. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting there. there. It's getting there, but not in that circumstance. <laughs> I didn't know how to say, oh, look, I'm locked out. Can you help me get my key? Um, anyway, so he just said, look, I've got patients coming. So all these patients started to go in for a therapy session. And at this point, I thought, fuck, I might need to I'll come in. <laughs> Um, and I'm just like sitting there going, bonjour, ça va, ça va, like just no shirt, just watching these people come in. And then eventually... You don't speak French. Well, just hellos, hellos and goodbyes. Um, <laughs> and then and then I had to wait until the end of the therapy session, 90 minutes of therapy for these people. And then they, he walked out 
and uh, and gave like the security number a call and I had to get a, an emergency locksmith to come and, <laughs> and let me in. And I only got into the into the place about half an hour before I had to check out. So um, yeah, that one wasn't great. They yeah, need to make a move yeah, about Biv's time in France. The seven <laughs> weeks in France that you've. I would say, Prof, you don't you, you don't have a great history with Drew. <clears throat> this it needs to be like his whole life. <laughs> this shit happens all the time. All <laughs> oh, right, I thought this was a one-off. No, this is just him. No, no, mate. I'm telling you, it's, it's not just Brad. that. Would just be a little French special. <laughs> Thank God he's got you, yeah. Goit. There to hug him every single night. The other question, I've got. There's another photograph there, and I just wanted to congratulate you, Drew. You obviously mm -hmm. managed to use your first condom. We've got a photo of you here with. <laughs> Can you see that one, mate? A couple of jets no. there. Congrats to the three of you. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, so a couple, a couple of Gbra fans just coming up to me through, um, throughout my time here, just going, "Oh, how many dummies you use, mate?" Like, you know, that, that real high-level humour that you boys have employed. Um, just come up, going, "Hey, can you just get a photo of this in your mouth?" I was like, "Yeah, sweet, I'll pierce it so you get a child, mate." <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's your legacy now. All those games for the Wallabies, and now you're the bloke that's got condoms in France. I apologise. <laughs> that's all good sorry about that <laughs> it sounds all good um right lots of results to get through but as we um as we move on here let's just talk about our socials for a second um you can follow us at good bad rugby uk no that's not us at good bad rugby AUS. <laughs> that's us um we are currently at thirty-one thousand on instagram we had eight thousand goit your shout out it's really working mate so eight thousand. Uh, it's no four hundred million. No, I know we're, we're working towards the four hundred million. Nems, we're gonna by the end of this World Cup, we're gonna have four hundred million followers. That's what we're aiming <laughs> That's for. That's crazy. Yeah, anything's up. Anything can happen. Fuck Travis Kelsey. I, I, Taylor Swift. I'm gonna have to get a date with her for us to get the four hundred million. <laughs> well, I mean. Didn't you date a singer for a bit there? Moving on. Through to the keeper. Um, the UK group, they've got 133,000. So what, and I said this last week, if we go past them by the end of the World Cup, we're going to do a challenge and swoop. You've come up with something. Well, we're 100,000 behind. What happens? I've had an ideas with one of the great production members, Tommy Erskine. And we're thinking that I'm, th <laughs> I'm thinking that um, well, we are thinking that yeah. one of those Eiffel Tower bumhole shots, you know, the perspective shots. Um, Fantastic. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, Eiffel Tower bumhole shots. Shot, yep, Eiffel Tower bumhole shots. And is it all of us, or is it? And are you wearing pants or your sans pants? Excuse me, what's what's a bumhole shot at yeah, the Eiffel Tower? You know how you line it up, Eiffel Tower, and you sit on the, you know, you you can picture it, right? Eiffel Tower. No, Eiffel. no, keep explaining. I'm, I'm picturing of <laughs> doing a big brown eye in front of the, the Eiffel Tower. We could do that too, you know. We'll work on it. We'll workshop this. We've got five weeks. We'll it? come up with a Talk challenge. It. Uh, All it's got to do is get what? What have we got to do? Get 100,000. 100,000. So if you are listening to this, please um, vote with your clicks. Just go on there and vote for us on Instagram. Follow us. Um, Lots of great content like what you're watching right now. Um, but people have been messaging us. They're loving the show. Drew, uh, somebody, Herbal T29 wrote, Drew out there sleeping in the gutters of France with his Wallabies jersey. What a man. Um, Social Objects wrote, Drew is a like a litmus test of how well Aussies are playing. If they win, he's professional. If they lose, he's under a bridge with a bottle shouting at locals. True fan. Let's clip these up, Tommy. Very true. Look, he's sober as a judge. Yeah. 
We have a win. I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, lots of other games to cover. Let's get into, well, let's get into New Zealand flexing hard. Um, so, there was a bit of chat leading in. Can Italy do it? I guess the answer is fuck no. <laughs> no, fuck no, bro. Fuck no, bro. Uh, 96-17. Big statement. Big statement. They'd been flying under the radar. Mm. Um and to go out and put 94 points on a on a 26. decent team um, was very, very impressive. They looked very good, like New Zealand of old. When I say New Zealand of old, probably the performances that we saw through the Bledisloes. Like they, they looked very strong across the park. Aaron Smith scored a hat-trick. He was great. Will Jordan, um, incredible try in the corner there. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were scoring tries off set-piece, unstructured, turnovers, quick taps, kick passes. They pulled out the whole... All the bags, all the tricks. Um, it was very impressive. Are you putting them back at the top? Of- well, Gitz, Gitz, Gitz was um, their biggest supporter at the start of the campaign. He said that New Zealand would win it. Um, you'd probably still still be there, Gitz, with that. We can't yeah, well, that. I think, um, you know, who, who are they? The, if they come second, they're probably going to face Ireland. Is that right, in the quarters? Mm. Yes. Unless Ireland loses to Scotland. In which case, yes, Islander, bye bye. You know, potentially, yeah, exactly. So who knows what's going to happen? But I just think New Zealand on their day are as good as any team. Um, I think obviously against the French, they they were off a little bit. The French played super well, but with the conditions, and Drew was over here, he was saying how hot it was. The ball was slippery; it was hard to handle. That doesn't really suit the New Zealand style. Obviously, the ball was a little drier against Italy, and you can see what they're capable of, uh, even off. Kickoff reception. They had great shape. Artis Sevilla makes a break. They end up making it. They score off that. Like they were just unbeatable that day. And if you get New Zealand, a hot New Zealand team uh, in that form, I just think they've got the capacity to go all the way. Yeah, and and you look at their side. I mean, they've got a good blend of uh, of, of youth, but also experience. You know, Sam Whitelock just played 149 caps, the most capped uh, All Black of all time. Which is which is huge. Like, who would have thought experience would have helped at World Cup? So it's a crazy, crazy thought. <laughs> um, but yeah. you know, when you you've got them, uh, Whitelock, you've got uh, Retallick, you've got Sevilla, you've got Sam Kane. You know, like there's Barrett, Moanga. Like, there's just so much experience. But then you've got the Fangranukus and the, the Jordans that are coming through, and these guys. Like, there's just a good blend of that. And you know, like it's it is weird to sort of say that or suggest that New Zealand have maybe gone a little bit under the radar given the, their profile, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I think everyone's sort of probably been focusing a little bit on South Africa, Ireland, and France, really over here at least, in terms of being the big contenders. Certainly, others have have definitely um, shots at it, <clears throat> but they're the kind of the big three everyone's talking about. But it's madness not to kind of consider New Zealand to be part of that because, you know, when they when they're on song, there's not many that can can beat them. And Nemzi, you, you've you've experienced some of that culture being you know a former Crusader yourself. Like, what is it that maybe is a little bit different that you? That you um, you felt and experienced that Crusaders that you know a lot of those players would take through to that All Black squad, but like just in terms of their their approach or mentality. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for them was the attention to detail, and it still hasn't changed. Like you know, speaking to a few of the boys, it still doesn't change. Like their whatever they go through, whether they win or lose, their attention to detail is next to nothing. Like they're just crazy about the the micro stuff. The biggest thing was micro, micro, working on those small things, and like. You see it, um, 
you know, that's why when every time they lose a game or they don't play well the week before, the week after, they come out firing. You know, we always see that. They always come out belting the the team that they play next. And that's comes down from my time over there is the fact that they're, they focus on the micro stuff, the small stuff. None of this, you know, the fancy stuff comes. But, um, yeah, the biggest thing they do like that, you know, they, they would have had a week off. They had that week off where they, like I said, the, everyone was talking about Ireland and France and all this. They would have used that week to just work on those sort of small things. And then, like, you know, they're like a men possessed when they come on and played Italy. And I'm like, to be fair, it, like you said, Italy, they're, they're, not, they're not a, you know, they're not a bad team. But to get put 90 points on them, that's a, that's a big statement for me. And, um, you know, New Zealand are, uh, are there, thereabouts. I reckon that was a statement they needed to put everyone on, you know, on guard. Must be odd for them to be flying under the radar. For the first time, have you ever seen a rugby union World Cup where yeah. everybody's not talking about New Zealand? They're probably enjoying. Yes, it. Reckon you get excited about so a lot of the excitement's around Ireland, who have never progressed past the quarterfinals, and then they beat, you know, the world champions like South Africa uh, in their pool match. It was like a big game, so everyone's talking about that. And then you were just talking about um, usually if the All Blacks put in a bad performance. When uh, the All Blacks put in a, a bad performance, the next week they'll really fire up. So that's where I reckon everyone quickly shifted off the All Blacks bandwagon when they got beat in the trial match or the warm-up game with South Africa and then lost again to France in the opening game. Everyone's going, oh, they're done. They're not the same All Blacks. But they, they've they still got the capacity to play the way they did. And it was do or die for them. If they lost against Italy, they were out of the tournament. So you could see that they were switched on, they played well, and how dangerous they can be as a side. Now, post-match, uh, the All Blacks coach, Ian Foster, said something very interesting, which I'm hoping we can just roll in now, Hugo. You look at the the South African and Ireland game, and it, it was a very different game of rugby. You know, the ball and play was there for 27 minutes and in the whole game. So very stop-start game, very physical, very combative, whereas you saw a different spectacle tonight. And probably at some point, the world's got to decide which game they'd rather watch. Yeah, so a little bit. He was the whole world talking about yeah. the Irish-South African game, ball only in play for 27 minutes. Then obviously uh, we saw New Zealand and basically the ball is in play the entire time. Which game do you guys prefer to watch? Swoop? I mean, well, I mean, he's having, is he having, he's having a bit of a dig there. I think so. At mm. Ireland. Is it a dig? I mean, in 27 minutes, ball in play is, is, is still very low. Um, and I think Super Rugby, average ball in time 35, test level on average low 40. So 27 in a test match is extremely low. But that's the way Ireland play. Um, you can't you can't really have a crack at the, t- the style of football they're playing because it's quite entertaining. Like, they're very clinical offset piece. They're putting together special plays. They're scoring good tries. Like, I mean, their defense is good. They just have really good ability to play at their tempo, slow it down. And it's probably got a lot to do with when they exit, the ball goes out. Um, they like to slow it down. They like to compete. They've got good line-out defense. They're just playing to the strengths of their game. That's probably what brings it down a little bit too. But who knows? It might be, was there, you know, TMO decisions in that? Were there, you know, cards? You know, there, could, there could have been a lot of other influences that slowed that game down. So I don't really know if that's, if he's on the mark there. Well, I think it's also just in that game, uh, the South African Island game, like it was two like great sides competing for momentum, for possession, for territory. There's a bit of like you know like t- tactical nous going on. Whereas New Zealand against Italy it was all one sided, so one team was controlling it, so they were able to 
control the tempo. They're able to control ball and play time. They're able to control possession and territory. So it's completely like it's it's like comparing apples to oranges in that in that sense because you got two of the best teams up against each other in Ireland and South Africa, and then another game where you're trying to compare the same when it's ninety six to seventeen. Like that's I don't know it's madness really. Well, you're in the world. What, what do you what do you want to do? You want to play a great game but lose. I mean, New Zealand didn't lose; they won, but. Ireland, South Africa, they're going to do whatever they can. The uh, South African team picked a 7-1 bench. So I reckon everyone knew the style of game that it was going to be. It was going to be up front, physical, um, and everyone was talking about it potentially being one of the greatest um, pool matches in a World Cup ever over here. Mm. That's the talk in the media, except from the the coach of New Zealand. So I don't know. You, You do what you can to win. The whole goal here is to win the World Cup. Every team comes here with the goal of obviously going as far as they can, but there's, you know, the top tier nations, they've got the goal of winning the World Cup. I don't care what style of rugby you play. That's what you need to do. Let me run through a few of these other results and you stop me when you want to talk about them. Um, South Africa, 49 defeated Tonga. Anything out of that one, guys? No, other than George Smith's down here at the moment. Uh, he went to the game. I'm not sure he saw a minute of it. He's, <laughs> he's been as bad as this fella. Yeah, you think I'm bad? <laughs> Um, Argentina beat, beat Chile 59-5 Anybody? Uh, all right. Well, Nicolas Sanchez, congrats mm. 100 caps, he got 100 caps Got the first try He used to play it too long with us so Well done uh, Scotland defeated Romania 84-0 uh, What I will say about that Is uh, the, Darcy Graham he, he can play I know, again, it was up against um, You know, I guess limited uh, opposition But Darcy Graham on the wing for Scotland, uh, he's certainly one to look out for. And the amount of tackle busts that he got through, but also the team got through, was was like astronomically high. So Ireland maybe need to be careful up against Scotland this weekend because uh, Scotland have got some form. Um, Finn Russell pulling the strings at 10, and then they've got some quality around them. Uh, you know, um, Dempsey there, Jack Dempsey, former Wallaby, but no, now number eight for Scotland. Uh, two Pilotu in the centres. Like, they've got a good side up there in Scotland, and... Um, you know, obviously they'll get a fair bit of confidence. I don't know how much they can take away from that win against Romania, but um, this will be an absolute blockbuster between Ireland and Scotland this weekend. Absolutely. We'll get into possible outcomes in a sec. Let's just read through these as well quickly. Uruguay 36, Namibia 26, uh, Japan 28, Samoa 22. Um, these are the possible outcomes, right? So, so Pool A, it's looking like New Zealand and France will go through unless Italy can perform a miracle. And then Group B, if Scotland can defeat Ireland and they don't concede a bonus point, then the Scots can go through. <laughs> Oof! Ya greedy hey. bastards. Go the <laughs> And then Group C, we do need to mine a miracle for Australia to go through. Obviously, uh, the Portuguese need to beat Fiji. Otherwise, it's Wales and Fiji going through. And then in Group D, if Japan can defeat Argentina... And they'll sneak through in second place. England have already booked their place in the quarterfinals in Marseille. Okay, all right, that's enough looking forward. Uh, it's time now for a brand new segment. We have another sponsor, guys. Rocket ship to the moon. Uh, we are now sponsored by Dabble. Uh, it's a brand new segment for the next five shows, and it's called The Thrupple's Treble. 
which names these guys are obviously, uh, you know, the most famous Wallabies thruple ever to uh, grace the gold jersey. Yeah, right. Yeah, we made that up. Um, so basically what's going to happen is each week these blokes are going to pick a leg for a multi um, that you guys can support. It'll go up on a Friday on Dabble. Um, you can get on and um, you can copy their bet if you want to also do the same uh, thruple treble. Um, so this week, Swoop, you had New Zealand at minus 27 against Italy. They covered that easily. They covered that easy. Um, they were brilliant. Yes, they, were they great. Very good, great bet. Drew, you had Fiji at minus 17 versus Georgia and let us down. What yeah, happened, Biv? Just trying, to win, just trying to win my Fijians back. Trying to get back into the <laughs> It cost us a fuck. It yeah. did, it cost us. Uh, and then Gits, you <laughs> brought it home with the Wallabies, uh, minus 22 line versus Portugal. And uh, we and was very unlucky as they fell just three points short. So um, unlucky there. We One out of the three legs. Nice work. Um, first week for the Thrupples treble. Just a reminder that each week we'll place the bets, as I said, on Friday. So head to the Dabble app and follow us on there at GoodBadRugbyAUS to see and copy our bets and give us banter in the chat if we lose, which is, as we've learnt from the first week, pretty likely. Um, and of course, please do gamble responsibly. All right, now a segment on this show which is gaining huge traction. Uh, it is, it's called Big Roch Balls' Small Queries, and it's where I take a little look during the week at the news uh, and current affairs, things that are going on around the Rugby Union World Cup, Nems, and I pose the big questions. Now, we've had a lot of requests online. One is to get the Snorkatron back, um, and then the second one was to get this next man on, a man who online you'll know him as Wildcard, and if you've been following him during this World Cup on YouTube, it is, it's a breath of fresh air. He uh, has great angles, great rants, um, and a lot of people are currently agreeing with him about the state of uh, rugby union and the Wallabies. So please, uh, gentlemen, welcome Wildcard. Here he comes. Wildcard. 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 Oh, he's in the, in welcome. the studio. Welcome. <laughs> G'day, guys. How are you? Yeah, good. Hey. G'day, Drew. Hey, Wildcard. How are you, mate? Watch well, you all the time in the Super Rugby, Drew. Like your commentary. Oh, thanks, man. Mate, that's an old jersey. When's that? Yeah, from? it's when you were playing. Oh, seven. It looks like. I know. That's Back right. Yeah, you got it right. Two thousand seven. Two thousand. Yeah, two thousand seven, mate. Now, Wildcard, tell us a why you love rugby. Yeah. And b what made you start this channel? And people can follow. It's at Wildcard, right? Yeah, Wildcard on, on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Why have you started these mad rants on YouTube? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, for me, uh, I play tight head prop because I don't have the. Uh, athletic talent to catch the ball you know and uh you know it's it's just part of my dream to to play for the wallabies and try to live my dreams through the wallabies and uh obviously when your dream becomes shattered very upsetting and uh yeah i just started started yelling and my neighbors sent me a sent me a letter saying that if i keep waking them up in the middle of the night i'm gonna get a letter so yeah i decided to to try to direct that a bit more online and uh so yeah and glad that somebody <laughs> heard my yelling and uh, yeah, really good to, to be here. So let's get into this, right? Yeah. Because you are known for tackling the big issues. So we're all going to discuss them, but I want to get your hot take. In the UK during the week uh, on GBR, the G-Bruckers, they had Jamie Dornan on as their super fan. Yeah. He was in a couple of movies. You're Never our heard super of him, fan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've, they've gone here. We've gone here. Yeah. We've gone wildcard. All right. Are you ready just to... I'm ready to knock him out. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Here we go. 
You are the number one rugby union fan in the country. We've asked each of these boys, how would you fix rugby union in Australia if you could? Go for it, wildcard, and go. You know, uh, I was watching just a segment before you were talking about, you know, Ian Foster criticising the, the way that the game is played. Uh, I think that that is like a common thing in, in, in New Zealand. Right now, they, they, they always bash the game live on, on during the game about how the scrum is boring, how the line-out more tries are boring. That's not what the fans wanted to see. Uh, I mean, I think that is quite, quite like, a, like a really bad play from, 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 the, from the commentary. And I think that's one of the reasons why the game is dying. Because, you know, if, you, if you're watching the game, if you're like a neutral fan, you don't know what's going on. And if the commentary is telling you that this is boring, you're going to think it's boring. And with, the new, with fans, experienced fans, you just find that insulting and you turn it off anyway. Right. And then, and then you, you just end up in a, you know, like, and, and, and the thing is, the, the reason that rugby is such a good game is because of all these different dynamics that the four pack and the backs work together. And I think that there needs to be, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, I hope that Rugby Australia, in fact, rugby all around the world can do is have like a play-by-play for, um, for the lineouts, the, the more and the scrummaging. And it's, it's not like something crazy, like, you know, breakdown, just like get the fans G'd up about the scrum. You know, hey, look, this is a big scrum for Angus Bell. He's like, you know, one of the most talented young loose props in the world right now. And he's going to have to, you know, put up a big shot on this Welsh, you know, loose tight head here and try to get him, get it under him. And, you know, when Shafts comes, you know, you can just, just G up the fans, you know, get talking instead of just sitting there quietly and everybody's looking at each other trying to, and then wait for the referee to pull the whistle. And then, you know, the fans sitting there wondering what's going on. And then the commentary doesn't seem to know what's going on. And, you know, just little things like that. They'll, like, get the fans excited about the aspects of the game that really makes rugby, like, different from the rest of the, the sport in the world. You know, when I think about scrummaging, right, I don't think it's boring. Because you literally have, like, six of the strongest people, like, in sports, in the world. Like, they're little strong men. And they can leg press, like, 700 kilograms, right? And then you put them in the scrum, <laughs> put, like, six people behind them. And you literally see these, like... 130 kilo giants fold like paper right i don't know how that's boring like honestly that's like the most exciting thing you can see like this insurmountable you know pressure that is going through those men they literally break and they're like 135 kilos they're double the size of a normal person and the commentary is telling me that's boring and then we're in less of that like are you serious are you am i watching the same game as you you know what i mean like that really like gets to my nerves when i hear that uh drew you've never done that i know but sometimes the Kiwis that do that, like in, in their shows, like it just does my head in. Like it's it's literally the best part of the game, and they, they they need to embrace it instead of trying to like shut it down and try to turn it into rugby league or whatever. Uh, they they just need to do their jobs instead of you know trying to find excuses for the lackluster viewership in New Zealand these days. Uh, to be frank, and that's one thing. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I mean. He makes me want to go pack a Oh, it's going to set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's so much fun. Oh, wild card. Oh, yeah, I don't need to be fun. It's so much fun. Mate, uh, yes. Wonderful. Now, the last thing I want to ask you, you're very passionate and you came in here today and, and you had a lo- you got lots of ideas about the Bledisloe Cup. It's been yeah. a long time yeah, since yeah. we won it and apologies to obviously you, Swoop. You played a lot of them. Have you played the Thanks most blood slow out of anybody? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Close. Okay. How do we? How do we make the blood slow? A so we win it, and B so it is the biggest sporting event 
on the calendar in Australia. Currently, you're looking at probably the AFL Grand Final and State of Origin. Yeah. How do we get the Bledisloe back up to where it was? Yeah, you know, like you know, the, the, the Kiwi. Wait, just before you start, wild card, wild card. Just before you yeah, start, mate. can we just have a little bit of energy this time? I thought you were just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, mate. I, I'll get onto. <laughs> trust me, Bledisloe Cup is it's right up there on my on my list, right? You know, the, you know, like you know, I always tell tell people like I don't really celebrate like. Christmas and all that sort of stuff, but I do celebrate the Bledisloe Cup. It is my Christmas for me. Like honestly, it's it's the best day of the year for me. And just to have the Kiwis come over and do the haka, and then that that just gets me excited for 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 like, for the rest of the week, right? And the Bledisloe Cup is one of the things that just disappoints me. Not just because of the fact that you know the, the results, or whatever. You know, it, it's it's like you know a two test series nowadays. It used to be three, and every year we have to watch at least one match of rubber dead rubber match, right? And it's just like. I'm just so sick of it. Like, it's so easy, such a low, easy fruit to just make it point difference. Like, the Bledisloe Cup should be by point difference, especially if you're only playing, you know, two tests. Like, why should there be a draw and then the guy, the team that retains it, even if the, the scoreline is completely irrelevant, right? And then just making that, you know, that little change, the literally cost Rugby Australia and New Zealand Rugby nothing, and it's going to make them, like, a million dollars. It's just that point difference, Bledisloe Cup, determined. And there'll be no draws anymore going forward. And then, even if it's... I, you know, even if we lose the first game, it's never going to be a dead rubber going into Eden Park next week, right? And it just it just drives up so much more interest. And, and you make me happy because then I have two weeks of Christmas instead of just one week, <laughs> right? And then, then that'll, be, that'll be great. That'll be, happy, that'll be just happy days for me. Uh, and that'll, be, that'll just like double my amount of enjoyment days of the year instantly. And at the cost of nothing. And you're just going to make a lot of money out of it. And I just don't get it. Like they, well, I haven't, they're so stubborn on these things and they haven't changed it. Uh, and then like, you know, it, it is... Like our biggest event in Australia, like I don't, I know a lot of people saying the Rugby World Cup is, but like for me, the Bledisloe Cup means more than the Rugby World Cup. I, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but it, it really means a lot, you know, for us to just really stick into the All Blacks at times, all right, and just get that out of the system, uh, and then you know, just every year it's like, oh yeah, it's not a dead rubber match, like so, like you're talking like Champions League, yeah. So where so we go down, let's say last year we lost. You know, 39, 37. So we go into the second week. Yeah, with just two, with two point difference. With two yeah. point difference. If we can Ooh, get that, like and that would be imagine how exciting yeah. that game will be. Like playing at Eden Park. I mean, you know, it's it's like two points. It, just one penalty goal could make the difference to win it, win it all. Imagine the viewership. You, like imagine like how exciting that will be for everybody. Right. So much history could be made just yeah. in that one line alone. Instead of just being like, ah, oh, dead rubber. Who cares? Like. Now, Nems, you played over there in New Zealand. Yeah. You were a part of. Do you think they will go for this if we go and talk to the New Zealand rugby? No. Nah, okay. Wouldn't. That's they wouldn't. Do it. Good. <laughs> they wouldn't do it. I'd love. Yeah, we'd love I that. Feel... I don't think the, uh, the the Kiwis would love that. So. Yeah. I feel yeah, really bad. Like, yeah, this sounds this like... reason why you know New Zealand rugby is selling off the All Blacks to Silver Lake or whatever to try to you know patch up the, all the money they're losing because they can't even be bothered to, to take like the lowest fishing fruit to, to, to you know to make a million dollars for doing literally nothing they can't even bother doing that I mean you know yeah. what, what I, do you I, expect I just, you know yeah I just feel bad for Wildcard he's woken up on Christmas Day bled his life for the last 21 years and sounds like he's only got socks and undies <laughs> yeah mate <laughs> I was gonna say hey Wildcard Cole actually I got Cole okay well well Cole <laughs> <laughs> Wildcard, uh, mate, amazing. Thank you for coming. Yeah, in. no worries. Thanks for um, having me. I appreciate it. We we have um, we have another gent that's full of energy that is waiting to chat. So yeah. so thank you very much, Wildcard. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, um, Wildcard. Now what a great time. Yeah, Wildcard. Wildcard. Thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate thank it. you, mate. Um, Tommy, do you want to show Wildcard? Just make sure he's okay getting into his car and everything. 
doesn't pick a fight out there with anybody. Just double check for me. Hey, mate, amazing. Thank you. Goyd's gone to the toilet. I've got a tingle talk. We've just had people go to the toilet. Um, hey, Drew, what's your tingle talk? Yeah. Is this on Swoop or yeah, on Nims? No, no, it's actually on Gits. He's gone to the toilet as well. Oh, Gits. So All oh, three of them are gone. Triple tingle yeah, talk. Yeah, Here we go. So, what do you got? Quick, quick, quick. So I was, um, I was in Paris just on the, on, uh, on the River Thames there. No, no, what is it? The, the, the Seine. Um, having a little spritz. And some bloke that I'd, I'd met years ago back at the force came up to me and said, mate, I've got a tinkle talk. Like, I hadn't seen him. He's like, Drew, whatever. And I, he's like, I've got a tinkle talk. He said back at the gold bar days, back at the Western Force, he was there with a mate of his. And, you know, it was a little bit starstruck because Giddy was the uh, the big dog at the time. And um, and he went to the bar and Gitch was like, oh, let's go and get some shots. And then Gitch then started to proceed to piss at the bar, but started pissing down this guy's leg on his jeans. And then the guy was like to his mate, like, oh, the guy you just introduced him to, Matt Giddo, he's pissing on my leg. <laughs> and then he's like, just cop it. Like, just like just don't say anything. And so it's just like finished up, had the shots, and off they went and left them with the bill and a pissy leg. And I bet you that and, bloke never washed his pants. Oh, never. No. No, he wouldn't. He Not, someone just came pants. up and bailed me up on, in, in Paris and just told me that story. Welcome back, Gitz. Oh, mate. You know the only thing I'm more I'm most upset about is that I didn't pay for the drinks. <laughs> uh, well, we're all back now. We've got a full complement of G-Brazers um, in our G-Brilf. Nems is back. G-Brilf. Now, let's bring in a man um, who, well, two weeks ago, he went super viral on our show. And the call out to have this man back on and as a permanent member of the G-Bra team has been, well, it's a flood. <laughs> Isn't it swoop? It has been nonstop. It's snorkatron this, it's snorkatron that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Gbra, the, the, the great man Sterling Mortlock. Snorkola. How are we all? We're good, thanks, yeah, Snorkel Beanie. Loving yep. loving that downlight. Um yeah. Sean I'm your crazy diamond. I'm over in uh in sunny London, lads. And uh, apologies, maybe a little bit late because got the hour delay with wrong or something like that. Or maybe it was you, Prof. But either yeah. way, good to be here. That was me. Sorry, Snork. I uh, I gave you the wrong time. I gave you French time. My apologies. Hey, mate, people are dying to know, former Wallaby captain, Captain Insano, what you make of the fact that we looks like, for the first time, the Wallabies will not be getting out of the pool stages at the World Cup. Yeah, look, it's not good. Uh, far from it. However, I will say it's happened before to Tier 1 Nations. I was actually uh, across where a number of you lads on this panel were playing in 2015 where we are in the the, the the called pool of death where Australia, England and Wales were all in it together. Um, and England were the host nation and actually didn't make it past you know, the pool matches. Uh, it has happened before, uh, not to us. Um, and so everyone's crying foul. Um and also, we were not in a pool of death. Let's be very clear about that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, the Fijians have played very, very well in, in their pool matches. And as a nation, they've, they've benefited massively from the Fiji draw being in the Super Rugby. And, and, and I think they've got their, their systems and processes as good as they've ever been. They're playing awesome footy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think we did, you know, we certainly got absolutely bashed by the Welsh as well. We didn't deserve to win either of those games. So, and you get what you get. Um, and, and I'll look at this team, any 
um, in my opinion, I've told this before, you know, I'm pretty conflicted, mate. He coached me for eight years, my best coaches ever that I ever had, and I think he's one of the world's best coaches. However, he had five games with this team leading to this World Cup campaign. Um, and if I go back to, to 2007, where John Connolly came in about 12 months before our World Cup campaign, I didn't have, I didn't think that was enough personally for us. Um, and on top of that, Beaver made huge changes, you know, and, and and that's that's more more than likely, you know, on him. But he he made a really really, I guess, brave decision to go with youth now, and he's he's. The great thing about Eddie is he's a fantastic leader. When things go well, you know, he reflects to the whole entire group and all the players that deserve that credit. When things go bad, he just puts his hand up and says, it's on me now. And that's exactly what he's done and doing. But I look at this right now, and in particular, the cohesion of that Wallabies outfit versus Wales and or Fiji, we shouldn't have beaten them, to be honest. Now, everyone's saying, oh, that's BS. You know, Australia's got great talent. We're great players. We should be. We should be beating these teams. But you can't hide that. That the, the fact that most of our players in those matches, in those two Test matches, didn't play much footy together. Full stop. And no matter how good you are, if you don't have good combinations and have understanding with, the, with, with what, what we're trying to do, and the systems and processes are better down, you're not going to win. And that's what we got, unfortunately. Um, I think personally, the worst thing we could ever do right now is get rid of Beaver. He's made the hardest call ever by getting all the youth in and they've gone through a really tough lesson this World Cup campaign. But what you need to do is keep the core of these players together and by two years from now and definitely four years from now, we'll have an amazing amazing team. And that's what needs to happen in my view. Yeah, look, I'm not calling for Beaver either, but when you said there, like when, when they go well, he, he deflects onto the team. When it goes poorly, he takes responsibility. But what does that actually mean, Sterlo? Like he took responsibility after that Fiji game and then the next game he dropped Carter Gordon. So really, Carter wore more responsibility than Eddie Jones did. You know, like what is actually someone like a coach going into a press conference saying, I take full responsibility. What does that actually equate to? Because... If I'm a if I'm a player that goes in there and he says he's taking all responsibility, but I get dropped and he's still coaching next week, what like I'm I'm wearing more than he is. Like it's just a throwaway line for me. Yeah, I tell you what, I tell you what's not what's, what the difference is. What Delta is where a coach said the players didn't execute the game plan. Right? They sure. didn't do this. They didn't do that. Like yeah. I tell you, that, a coach that says that they've got less than twelve months <laughs> in the job. Because yeah, yeah, for sure. That doesn't wear well with the team. Whereas Eddie does the opposite. Now I, I get it what, where you're coming from. What's the ramifications for Eddie personally on, on this front? Whereas you know Carter Gordon's um, not playing the following Test match. Um, but but realistically, that's 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 all a coach can do until he does get sacked, mate. Yeah. So, yeah, fair. Um, but but on, on that, guys. I mean. I, I also think that, yeah, time was 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 the was the, the biggest enemy on this this scenario. And I go back to, you know, if everyone's wanting someone's head um, and wanting blood on this, well, it's actually the people who made the decision to get rid of Rennie in the first place. That's it, right? At that time. And if you want to do that, then point point the swords that way. Um, so that's that's the board. That's it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, stay cool. The hard decision was decision was made then. Everyone be like Fonzie, 
and be cool. And <laughs> yeah, baby. They, and they need to do that. They need to be like Fonzie, mate. And and then in a year, <laughs> two years from now, everyone will be saying, "Oh wow, we're amazing again." Fonzie, Pete, pick and stick, and be like Fonzie, baby. There you go, <laughs> Henry Winkler. Hey, Snorgatron, can I ask you? Um, have you run into the French coach or you been over there, mate? Or yeah, the porn master? Mate, I, I almost went and got some new goggles, fellas. These are these are my <laughs> ones. I'm, I'm blind as a bat, and my and my lovely wife Kaz, who's, who's over here with me, she said you need to get some sweet porn goggles. But um, <laughs> didn't quite didn't quite do that. I can't carry it off, mate. I'm not the porn mate, master. So I, I've got some VR goggles that that are pretty porn if you if you play the right thing. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately not. No, but yeah, um, it, it's a funny one. I've had heaps of people come up to me and they go, "Mate, where'd that come from?" And I'm like, "Mate, when I was at uni and our whole, our whole friendship group, that's that's what we used to say. If someone if someone could carry something off with, you know, I guess nowadays or maybe it's not nowadays, but people have swagger, right? And you look at them." That's what I used to say. We say, "Geez, that guy's porn." Um, so it certainly wasn't meant wasn't meant to be derogatory at all. It was me just getting down on my hands and knees and just saying, "Yes, man, I worship that." <laughs> be careful when you're saying "porn man" and getting on your hands and knees, snort. <laughs> now, snork, we like to, we've talked a little bit on this show about mathematical chances. Um, now, in the event that we that Fiji lose to Portugal, then the Wallabies go through. Now Nems is in the studio here. He's told us that it's not going to happen. Do you think, just for all the Wallabies fans, that the the great man Sterling Mortlock? Do you think there is any chance of the Wallabies going through? Zero, <laughs> mate. There is a there is a mathematical as you just alluded to, but I I'll go back. Um, Brumbies, I think it was oh eight or oh six. We had a mathematical chance. Queensland were playing against the Bulls, and and mm-hmm. if Queensland didn't lose by a margin, I think it was fifty or something like that, or forty, that we could have made it. We were watching that in the wee hours of the morning. The Bulls put ninety on the Reds. <laughs> it was awesome. Who was coaching? Oh, I don't know. Who was coaching the actually, at the I, time? I can't even recall what year Why? it was. Uh, oh. Sweep dog. Was, Were you playing Drewski? It was Eddie. Anyway. That, <laughs> no, I wasn't was playing Eddie. Eddie. No, I was with you watching the, the game. We're in Dunedin, 2007. 07, that's where it was. But the, and, and, and we've had... Yeah. Yeah, and Reds Any needed to put a win clutching. on the board or just lose by a certain amount. Did, did Snork make you cry that <laughs> night as well? Or? <laughs> no, I was like, Actually, I think it was that was the year. That was the year. I think he was prepping the spray in Dunedin and unleashed a couple of nights later in Filthies. No, mate. Come on. That was the first year sweep where you were just this. Your nickname was yeah. Adam Scott, mate. You look beautiful. Had this beautiful swing, but you didn't really work that hard. Adam Scott, mate. Sweep doggy dog. And um, yeah, so, so going back back to that back to that. Like there was a few other times where we were close. That's clutching. You don't want to ever have to rely on anyone else um, to, to, to get through to, to, to big matches. And, um, you know, we, yeah, I just don't see Fiji losing, guys. So, 
if it did, I'd almost feel like you don't deserve it. Yeah, it's a bonus, though. Um, I, I wouldn't be banking on it, but surely uh, I'd imagine uh, the Wallabies would have to be staying in France for, for another week um, before they make the call to, to head back. Now, Snogatron, um, we will let you go in a sec, but I did want to ask you, do you want to join this little team that we're doing here, this little G-Bra thing going forward, just so people that enjoy the podcast can know next year and beyond that they'll get a bit of Snorkatron? What do you reckon? Oh, look, uh, you know, it's been too much fun to say no, that's for sure. Hey, lads. Yeah. We're just going to work, work through it. Work through it logistically, right? Yeah, yeah. That sounds we'll accommodate. Nice. Wants lots of cash. All right, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Thought he'd do it for the love. Isn't that what we're all doing it for? We'll let you go, Snorkatron. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Snor- Awesome, lads. Stay beanie. cool. <laughs> Be the Fonz. Be the Fonz. <laughs> now, uh, time for some mid-show thanks. <laughs> yes, I know it's not mid-show. We're towards the end. I get it. Just let me do this. Um, we've got to thank our wonderful sponsors at Harvey Norman. Um, big thank you to the friends at Harvey Norman great supporters of Aussie rugby in the home of technology and the place to get your furniture bedding and electrical appliances they've got a great range great value and great prices on TV so make sure you get down to Harvey Norman grab a smart TV so you can stream the whole Rugby World Cup in Ultra HD and watch every other team other than the Wallabies shit it in over in France <laughs> you're an asshole prof mate I didn't write that that was Tommy Tommy I've got to start proofreading this stuff they're going to cancel me. Uh, we know the men in gold haven't climbed out of the pool stages, but now it is the time to look back into your family heritage and find that dodgy uncle from Ireland or that drunk cousin from Wales and jump on the RWC bandwagon. That's the other thing. Uh, on that one, I actually think we should actually ask the fans to write in. I was talking to Drew and tell us who we should be supporting. Like Who we should support and why should we support them? Like, you know, some funny story or some... Something that happened in Australia and they're they're from another nation, like some way to, to get us on board, keep us involved. That's a good but idea. At the moment, I'm... I, sorry, are you Fiji? Well, at the moment, Nems is right there. Well, so I was going to say, we could start by asking Nems who we should go for. Um, yeah, Fiji. Or, well, yeah, Fiji for now. Yeah. And then maybe the French, seeing that Gitz and Drew all played in France and yourself played yeah. in France. So, well, Le Bleu. Peut-être. I've had a couple of good times in Ireland, so you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Ireland brain. winning. I want to see I what happens you. to Ireland if they win. I reckon that country will sink. I think they will. <laughs> they will party that hard and they will burn it to the ground. It's going to be great. But that's not a bad shout from Gitz. Maybe some punters. Yeah. Coming at uh, asking each individually um, why we should be supporting the nation that they suggest. Like if they they did something stupid, similar to what happens to Drew every week. But if they had an experience like that in Australia. <laughs> And they're from a certain country, and we like it. We get on board. Love it. At Good Bad Rugby AUS, uh, email us, fax us, send us a carrier pigeon, and uh, we will get <laughs> on top of that. Um, and we'll start supporting the other nations because uh, we are still going to France, and we've got four more shows to do. <laughs> where um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about everything except for the Wallabies, unfortunately. Um, all right, hey. It's it is time now. There's still a chance. We're still a chance. <laughs> We're still, We're still, still a, chance. a chance. Making it awkward. <laughs> the mighty, well, names your old Fiji's still in, mate. You, you carried on about them the whole time. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Now, Nems, have you seen we do the quiz on this show? No, I haven't, no. It's really good. 
Yeah. You are involved. Yeah, get awesome. You're involved in the quiz. And we've got a new sponsor for the quiz. This is very exciting. This is cause, because of you, Swoop D-O-double-G. Yeah, I've been working on this one for a while. And I just thought that now that we've started a podcast, you know, there's no p- better alignment than footy and pies. Absolutely. Now, you you in particular have a connection to pies. Yeah, a special connection. A um, debut connection to yes, pies. Yes, which uh, I think you have told this story on this podcast before. I have. But just real quick for people that haven't seen it. Smashed a pie and a beer before my debut. Became Wallaby number 800. Subiac Oval against the Springboks. Played a minute and a half. But basically prepped very well for the game, plucked out of the stands after smashing a 4-20. and 20. And they're our good... They're now our, our new sponsor. So we've got, got hats or something and and So, yeah, I guess to... Here we go. To be able to play as many tests as I did off the back of pies, which I kept that superstition slash well, we got tradition beanie. going. Yeah, we'll bring these over for you, boys. We've got beanies. Uh, and yeah, we've I got don't a few care other... about the beanies. Just bring some fucking pies. <laughs> I love pies. We're working on that. <laughs> we are working on that. Um... So there we go. Uh, Tommy's going to bring in some pies now. So each now when we do the quiz, boys, we are going to um, smash a pie. How good's that? So in terms of 4 and 20 pies, they're the best pie out there. Make sure you go and get them. There's nothing written on my script. Uh, I'm sick for pies. I eat 4 and 20 lots. You can get them at Coles Express, um, lots of other places. Everywhere. Big, big thanks to them for sponsoring uh, our quiz, which NEMS is called Have You Been Watching Heaps? Yeah. And it's based on the week's games, games in right the Rugby up. World Cup. Have you been watching heaps? Yeah, here and there, yeah. Perfect. So. <laughs> we'll soon find out in these answers. Um, are we smashing a pie? Here we go. Yeah. Oh, God. Listen to Snoop's jaw click every time he eats. That might be annoying for the audio. Yeah, it's bad with bananas. Pie's all right. Oh, God, your jaw does click. How are you not divorced? She's very patient right. and deaf. Yeah, you have a look at his old fella. <laughs> that stays in Hugo even if Biv says cut it out alright time for have you been watching heaps brought to you by 4 and 20 pies question number one Namani Nadolo yeah. is a man of true size and sheer speed a genetic wonder of both athleticism and skill who is the heaviest winger, winger ever to play international rugby here's your choices a, Tequili Nayaravoro. Tequili Nayaravoro. Tequili Nayaravoro. Tankali. Tankali Nayaravoro. Tankali Nayaravoro. Just say Gele. Gele? Yep. Mani Nolo. Alasani Tulagi. Yeah, Alasani Tulagi. Or Adam Ashley Cooper. <laughs> you are an asshole. You'd have to be me. I'll say me. You? Yeah. So you're locking in B, boys? I'm going to go Alasana Tulangi. Nah. He's lighter. C. No, I'm going to thank Kelly. No, nah, he's lighter. A. Was he? I played with Tank Kelly. I'm going Nams. Nams, ding, 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 ding. These two are correct. Now, just for those of you that are watching YouTube, can you two stand up just so people know that at one point you two played the same position in Rugby Union? Yeah. Just, and Swoop's not, a small, Swoop's not a small winger either. Just turn turn side on. Yeah, but I'm going to do that. I look... It's not big did you ever have to tackle him, Swoop? Yeah, yeah, I tried. How'd that go? Yeah, he did. Oh, very well. In the grand final. Ah, when the... You said his task. It was very enjoyable. We got the win. Mate, this asshole, Nems, would pick me and Willie G at that round one, <laughs> 215 World Cup. I'm going, would you go away? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, got, I got three week, I got two week bound after that game, too. 
What did you do? Oh, yeah, I cleaned out Poey, and then they said that I took his neck out. But it wasn't. Holy shit. <laughs> but it was Because of his police. But yeah, but anyway, it was, uh, I kept the, our game plan with that game against Wallabies in 2015 was to run it. The two smallest pressure, blokes on the field. Genya and uh, Gitz. Did uh, you ever have to tackle him, Gitz? Nems? Yeah. There's a photo where I'm hanging on to his laces. <laughs> One thing I will say, though, is Nems used to be a, uh, a bouncer at Clubber back at the Western Force days. And yep, definitely. He, he's there to keep a lot of people out, but he let me in, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Can I also well, say, days? it's about... 50 degrees in this studio. Oh, no, and we sure all not. were eating pies and we got beanies on. It just got real hot. Apologies. There is sweat. And and I, and I always sweat naturally anyway. Well, you? we've just added to it. Uh, okay, that's one for uh, Swoop, Nems, uh, and zero for the other blokes. Question number two. Look at this picture. What do you think Goit got tattooed? Can you boys see the picture? No, nah, I think it's. I think I know the one. My little brother took a photo and I was in there. Yes. Yeah. So here it is. The, the, were you in there when he got it tattooed? Yeah, yeah, we'll there. Okay, all right. Well, don't cheat. Well, you might cheat. A, his wife Bianca's name to join the kids' names. B, shit it in. C, cash is king. <laughs> or D, a reminder to go to the toilet after five Mai Tais. <laughs> Biv, you want to go first? Well, I, I know what it is. Oh, Maybe yeah, yeah. Boys and... All right, swoop. Could be all of them, but I'll run with Bianca. Bianca, Nems? Yeah, see, uh, I'll go Bianca, yeah. Bianca, boys? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's Bianca. It took him, what did, you, what did you say? You just wanted to be sure. So after 20 years, he's finally sure that, um, because he had the kids' names tattooed down here and he's thought, you know what, now it's time to get Bianca. So I just want to know, after 20 years, <laughs> what made you sure that your wife was the one? <laughs> Seeing you laugh again. I'm hanging on for you. <laughs> I think we're down. I actually got a little croissant too thrown on there. Can we see yeah. it? Can you are you able to lift it up on the screen there or is it still covered? No, no, the no, croissant. <laughs> That's great. And then where's your wife's name? Can we see that? There we oh, go. Very, top. very nice. No, so he had the kids' names, but he did have a little like a little animal bee. Because for Bianca. Nice. And so he was like, no, you're on there, babe. You're on there. But <laughs> Scottish debutante Yavin Sebastian has had one hell of a career. When he failed to make a pro team in 2018, what job did he do whilst playing semi-professional rugby? Was it A, an open-top bus tour leader? Was it B, a butcher of wild game? C, pest eradication specialist? D, scientific researcher studying the Loch Ness Monster? I'm going to go pest control. Yeah, I like pest control. Pest too. control, Nems? Yeah, pest control. Pest control, Goit? Butcher. No, the butcher. Ding, ding, ding. Butcher of wild game. <laughs> Which wow. in Scotland is like mice. <laughs> There's no animals in Scotland. He gets from the pest controller. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're both right. All right. So we got three people on two. Everybody on Drew's on one. All right. Question number four. How much should Rugby Australia and the Wallabies pay to make Nathan Cleary switch codes? Is it A, 1.6 million? B, 2 million? C, 2.3 million? D, every cent they have? Well, yeah, I'd say no. Nah, nah, don't pay for him. Like, unless he wants to be here, don't pay for him. Fuck. Like, he's just the, flash, the flashy, shiny new car. Like, let's develop our own. 
Okay, that's Hamish McLennan's here for four years and he wants to spend the whole kitty. Like, let's actually start developing our own. Took a turn for the worse there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask you boys if you saw that game last night. It was very good. The Bronx and the Panthers. Yeah, it was a very good I game, will... though, yeah. Oh, I will move on. He's a very you're... good player. Sorry? He is a very good player. He's a very good rugby league player. Let's leave it. Let that. <laughs> I, Fair play. I am sorry. Uh, question number five. Watch this clip. Oh, so if you're watching along at home, and you're getting to know me as a person. Although in every comment, it's, I don't know if you've noticed, it's Gits, Swoop, um, Biv, and the bloke in the hat. That's what I'm known as, and the bloke in the hat. So the bloke in the hat, his favorite show is Sports Sunday. And every week, there's this amazing correspondent that comes on. And this week, he was dressed as Steve Irwin, and he, <laughs> and which I thought was great for fancy dress. And he had this to say. Take a little listen. So after that, uh, that loss... I felt, you know what, I just need to get away. I need to recenter. So I've come here to Cassis, uh, an amazing place in the south of France. I've come here with a, a couple of former Wallabies, Matt Gitto, uh, Huey Edmonds and George Smith, plus a few friends as well. And we just needed to just recoup a little bit. And it was also my best mate Matt Gitto's birthday today. So even though the mood was a little bit down this week, we wanted to make sure that we got out there and we celebrated him in the right fashion. So we did that. We got a boat. We went out. We popped some champagne. Happy birthday. Ew. And we visited some amazing spots. Doing it pretty tough over there, Biff. Channel <laughs> 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 Yeah. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. We uh, we spent a week down in Cassie with uh, Huey Edmonds, uh, George Smith, uh, myself, Matt, and his brother, and a friend of ours, Sky, that uh, you know as well. So um, we just had a, a good week down there in Cassie, and it was like a, like I mentioned in that piece, it was Giddy's birthday. We got a boat, uh, went out and checked out some like honestly some pretty amazing spots. Like the water was like next level. Went into some caves. Um, it was a uh, it was a pretty pretty good day. So you had a happy birthday, Gits? I had the happiest birthday. Obviously, without the family being here, I had to make do. It was good. They brought us out <laughs> a little bit. Drew travelled around the Mediterranean with three former Wallabies for Gitz's birthday. Which of the former Wallabies paid for the boat hire? Was it A, Matt Giddo, B, Huey Edmonds, C, George Smith, or D, Channel 9? You boys go in studio because we know. I'll, I'll go with Huey. I'm going to go with Georgie George. Boys? Well, it was actually a combination. It was a combination of the, the two boys' selections, Huey and George, because they've worked, they've got a company, HD Logistics, and uh, I think they put it on their company car. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Ding, ding, so ding. So if man's listening, um, it was uh, it was a Makido. <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, so the results of the quiz. Through all, congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. Tie break. Tie break. Well, I don't have a tie break. Have you got a tie break? No, no tie break. We'll share. No, no tie break. You share. Congratulations. Big thanks to Four and Twenty. Uh, if you aren't from Australia and you're travelling here and you want a meat pie, make sure you have a Four and Twenty. They're epic. They've been here forever. 
They're my favourite pie. Make sure you get on them. Uh, if you're wondering, where can I find these blokes on socials? God, these guys look like a lot of fun. You can find us at Good Bad Rugby Australia. That's on all socials. Just a reminder, if we end up getting more people on Instagram than the UK group, we're going to do Eiffel Tower butt pictures, which we haven't worked out what that is yet. Not yet. Swoop. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll work out what that is. Uh, and... Guys, big thanks to Nems. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, thanks for having me, boys. Thanks for go, yeah, Fiji. Go, Fiji. Go, the mighty Fiji. And, of course, to Wildcard. Massive thanks to him. Just so much yes. energy. Fantastic. The Wonderful future. guest. And, of course, to the Snorkatron. Um, I think he's now going to sort of be a part of the team. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was sure. pretty non-committal. Uh, I'm going to say he's in. Um, all that's left to do, folks, is to thank our wonderful sponsors at Harvey Norman. Uh, massive, massive thanks to the fantastic support. They have got more than rugs for the very best experience. Get yourself down to the home of technology, TVs, computers, mobile phones, gaming, audio, optimum viewing experience for all the Rugby World Cup matches with the knockout stage of the Rugby World Cup just around the corner. It's the perfect time to give yourself a treat uh, and just take to the edge of despair and sadness off the Wallabies not being there. And so you can sit and watch and support your brand new team like we're going to with Fiji. Names go Fiji. Dosovic. Yes. Dosovic. I'll teach you guys some some. What, what does Dosovic mean? Go Fiji. Go for. Oh, we're gonna be doing that. <laughs> God, I hope they pump England by fucking fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says I feel better than a big old spending spree down at Harvey Norman. Uh, massive thanks to our production crew as well: Tommy Erskine, Hugo Johnstone, Burt, um, Ollie Silverton, Kim. I don't know your surname. What's your surname? Yeah, <laughs> Go on, give it a crack. Give it a crack. Don't look Kim Perashin. Close enough. And Kim Perashin. It's been wonderful. Hey, boys, before we let you go, what are you up to today down there in Toulon? Uh, Gitz has actually got me going back to our old club for a workout. I'm like I'm on a, on a health and fitness camp with this bloke since he's arrived. That's good. Gitz, are you you're bringing him back from the brink? Look at him. Have a look at him this week compared to last week. That's what I do. <laughs> well, yeah, last week he was... You know, he was under a bridge last week, as was pointed out. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. In a sleeping bag. <laughs> Very good. All right, that was G Bra. Well, G Bruff, the good, the bad, the rugby Fiji. We will see you next week. <laughs> G Bra. G Bra. G Bra. <laughs>